y'all, y'all know now. I can't wait till we get to that goddamn power. I'm so pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I, you know I was. That's why I was waiting for any of y'all to ask when I just texted in the group chat. Yes, that's why I was watching. While I was yeah, watching we show. we gonna talk about that when we get started. Welcome to the Breaks Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Breaks Radio, and we're back for another week of talking hip hop culture and everything that's black and in between. I'm your host, CEO Hayes, and I'm joined by my wonderful co host. We're going to first go to Miss Mary Almonte. Miss Yum herself is here. What's going on? Yo, was I supposed to be the in between part of that comment? Oh, I guess so. I didn't mean to be a racist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm half white, so I guess we're both in between. Right? So. Okay. Well, there you go. Anyway. And then we also have Baylor the Great, Mr. BTG for president. What's going on, Baylor? Hello, beautiful people. Back again. All right, there you go. Preparing for that smoke-free weekend? I need I need a smoke, smoke-free weekend this weekend. <laughs> shit, every weekend. <laughs> well, we got some shit today. Uh, we'll get to it. I'm really excited for what we got to talk about this week. But this first one, I listened to the Joe, Joe Budden podcast off and on, so I didn't hear it there. I just I, I saw the clip, and then I went in to go check it out and, and go further into it. Budden went all the way in on Logic. Like, I don't know what the problem is there. I feel like it's something deeper than, than surface level. For him to call Logic one of the worst rappers ever, I feel like it has to be something personal because we all know Logic is very far from the worst rapper ever. Mary, what do you think about this? I completely agree. It, this definitely seems personal. He's very far from the worst rapper ever. I mean, I actually thought of you when this came up because I, you know, we've we've discussed and reviewed Logic at length, and though we may not have always dug his recent projects, and you know, he's kind of been experimenting. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely far from the worst MC to ever grace a mic or whatever the fuck Joe Button said. So, womp womp. <laughs> I just feel like in a world in a world where we have like Lil Yachty and and Uzi like the worst rapper ever, that's strong. Uh Baylor, what do you think? Um well I mean, um I've been paying attention to the timeline for a while and I knew he didn't really too much um he didn't really too much care for him, but I thought it was all because of the whole biracial lines that he often spits in his uh on his projects, which I never had a problem with. Um yeah, I really don't know what it is, man. I think it's really, I think it's really sad too. Like, and I also think it's also for for ratings, because he know damn well, you know, when it comes to logic, logic is pretty dope. He's pretty dope. He has a core fan base. Um, he has solid projects, but like Mary said, as of lately, it hasn't been hidden like that. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know what he's doing that for. I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I really don't. And I wish I did have a better understanding of it because. To say that Logic is one of the worst rapper ever, it just doesn't make sense. Like we, yeah, uh, he's had his misses. He's had more misses than hits lately. But when Logic is focused and he's rapping and he's focused on rapping, there's not too many people who can put words together like Logic right now. So to say he's one of the worst rappers ever, it has to be something personal. I don't know. Maybe it's Logic's relationship to Royce the Five Nine. I I don't I don't know. I just I don't get it. Um, I would expect someone like Button to respect Logic a little bit more than what he does. But even, Bailey, you said it. Uh, 
Button's been throwing shots at Logic since the uh, everyday struggle days. Mm-hmm. And this this has been years, so I, I guess it makes sense. But this was just like wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we all agree on that one. Um, but <laughs> well, I do have a question. I do have a question before we get off that topic. Do you think? Do you think Logic will and should he respond? In, in in my opinion, any rapper who responds to Button on like in a song, it's pointless. Button is not rapping, people. He's not coming out of retirement. He's not. He, he gave that shit before with M, saying if M came with something better, he would respond. He's not going to. Joe Button knows he's very well protected being in this lane that he is now because if it goes back to music, he's not going to get that same appreciation. I don't. I, I just don't think it's it's any point to it. I would like to see Logic address it in like an interview. I honestly would like to see them do an interview together and 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 talk about it. But as far as like on wax, nah, I don't. I don't see that. Okay, I can feel that. I do, I, I would. I would like to hear an interview too. Him dissing buttons over a track. I'm not. You know, I'm not here for it. What do you think, Barry? Yeah, I think it's pointless. <laughs> I don't know. I think Joe Button. I don't know. I don't want to, I mean, I don't know him personally, but based on the persona he gives off across his platforms, it's like, he's a very emotional dude. (laughs) And I'm saying that in a friendly way. So (laughs) I think that whenever he speaks of anyone, there's a lot of emotion in his judgment. And for him to just come out of left field now, I don't know. But I definitely, like, exactly. What would be the point of him, of Logic going after him lyrically when Joe Button has been challenged before and has, you know, declined the duel? So, yeah, yeah no. Pay, pay attention to who um, who he interviews and how he interviews certain artists, though. I can tell how he uh, his mood and his, um, his demeanor t- uh, kind of changes for people that he respects or he might somewhat fear. So Logic is one of those artists that he, you know, he feels like he can push around and puck around on the mic or probably in person. But he didn't do that to Wu-Tang, so. Not too many people want those problems at all. Um, Shaolin, what? (laughs) But uh, are we good on this to move on to the next topic or is anything left? That's it. All right. So it used to be that snitches got stitches. Now snitches are getting $10 million deals. So Takashi signed a $10 million deal that whenever he does get released to make one album in English and a Spanish album, $10 million for these two albums. Coming off the heels of, of probably the, the the biggest testimony of all time as far as in the hip-hop game, this is just ridiculous. What do you guys think about Takashi benefiting and now getting a $10 million deal? Sounds like that uh the industry plan got rewarded, huh? <laughs> That's, crazy, That's man. ridiculous, man. I hope that doesn't start a trend. Yeah. I mean it's a sign of the times, kinda like we've said about Takashi before. It's like in this era, like the realness is gone. And now look, like snitching is being rewarded. So and I mean look, it's like we we were kind of on the fence on if the youngins would kind of condemn him for it and i feel like if he puts out another album they're gonna still be there ready and waiting so it it, it, this is a crazy time that we live in man this man single-handedly took down basically the let me not say not single-handedly because there are a lot of snitches who were involved in it takashi is of course just the the star but he, he contributed in taking down of the nine Trey Bloods, and he gets rewarded. Like, we we were worrying about, like, his. there are people who are worried about his safety if he gets out of jail, and this man signing $10 million deals. 
Baylor, I'm letting you know right now. If they ask, I'm snitching on you, bro. I'm telling you. I'm telling oh, yeah. you. You got, you got to. You got to. Everybody on this call got kids, so I understand. You got to go. Because I'm, I'm telling. I'm telling you. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling. Oh, man. That's just wild. But moving on to more positive news, one of our greats, the Notorious B.I.G. is nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I was personally surprised at the fact that he's just now getting nominated because I just I just assumed mm-hmm. that it would have happened by now. It's 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 crazy, Mary. This this is coming from your neck of the woods, so I'm gonna let you speak on this one first. What do you think about Big finally getting nominated to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I mean, yeah, it's long overdue. I feel like I mean he's been in our Hall of Fame <laughs> yeah. since forever now, so it's cool that he's getting recognized, but. You know, he was a legend regardless, I think, so. All right, Baylor? What's the what's the voting process, and who's the people that vote on this? I have, I'm not even going to act like I know. I have no idea. Because, I mean, I mean, like like we said, I think he should have been in there, right, a while ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how, I mean, this is not, you know, this is not football or basketball where you got to wait for a certain amount of, you know, years or something like that before you consider it to be up for the Hall of Fame, so... Um, he's been gone for a while, but his impact was extremely huge. So I don't get it. Well, but I mean, it's still a, it's still an achievement. But you know, I'm just saying. I think it just came. It's late. Whoever it is, it looks like they kind of got woke this year. Who votes for for these nominees? Because Whitney Houston's in there too, and I'm like, she hasn't already been honored either. <laughs> like, kind of crazy. So yeah, I'm. Yeah, it just it. I get it. I get it. Hip hop's the biggest genre right now, and it's getting a lot more mainstream attention. But this is big. Uh, is is Pac is Pac in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because now I got all types of questions. He's probably they're probably saving him for next year. Um, so uh, just based off this, and us talking about big. Inter- I was getting my hair cut this weekend, and an interesting conversation came up in the barbershop. I want to get you guys take on this. So the conversation came up that Jay Z came on or whatever. And someone said that if it wasn't for Big and Pac dying, Jay-Z would have never gotten to the heights that he did. The conversation then turned towards Jay-Z was always a better businessman than either two of those of Big Big and Pac. So he would have always kind of ascended and did different things. What do you guys think about that? Um, I definitely I definitely was one of those cats that preached that argument before. Um, but I will say this. I'm not sure if if he wouldn't be irrelevant, I think he would still be up there. I think the whole landscape of hip hop would be different right now. The whole entire thing. I don't think Pac would probably. I don't think Pac would be rapping. I don't even think Big would be rapping around this time. Okay. I think their voices would be much larger. Uh, the world would be much different because of their influence. And I think Jay Z would still be who he is, but not with that type of catalog. All right. Mary? Yeah, I mean, I think Jay-Z still would be Jay-Z. Um, I mean, I don't know. If we could get in a DeLorean and go back in time. I mean, I per- and I've said this before and gotten flat for it, I think. But I feel like one of his smartest business moves was bagging B. Because together, they kind of became, you know, the hip-hop's first, first couple. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, a power couple at that. So I definitely don't think that he would not have been impacted professionally, but yeah, maybe his cap, he probably wouldn't rank as high in people's, you know, top five dead or alive Mm -hmm. as he does, obviously. But yeah, I I mean, I don't, I, I do definitely think he still would be a force. 
So yeah, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like um it's kind I don't I don't want to use that term, but it's kind of like fans that don't really have a team. So it was like to me, Big was at that time. Big was larger than Jay, but we knew how important we knew how important Jay Z was. But once once Big was gone, then it's like everybody that that was on Big side shifted to Jay Z side. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why I feel like the catalog might not be the same, and his his way to, I guess you could say his way to the top, would probably be a little bit different. You know what I mean? Because he's yeah. literally the only guy left. You know, it, like Nas fell off a long time. I thought he had the opportunity to go head to head with Jay and probably battle it out, but. Not after you sign under him, you can just chalk that up. Still can't well, pick beats. I think that's such a and now we're kind of going in a different place with this. But I think that it Nas, the Nas and Jay Z comparison is such an example of who you choose to be your partner really does impact your life and how successful you'll be. Because mm-hmm. to me, in Nas's latest project, he really reveals how. His relationship with Khalees really fucked him up in the head. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously, different scenario with Jay-Z. So I think if Nas would have chosen a better life partner, I think he would probably, his outcome would have been different. Although I have to say, I mean, he's not doing too shabby. Like, yeah. I, I really respect what he's doing with Max Appeal. I think he's like, and he's made a lot of really smart investments and shit that you would never even think he invested in, like the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, like, I let's not go as far as to knock Nas, because I might have to fight you. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not knocking him. I, and MC, by the way. I, I'm, not, I'm not knocking Nas or whatever, and I did pick him uh, as the winner of that battle, but I'm just saying I had that expectation for him, because right. even on the West Coast, we knew like how how bad of how bad it got, yeah. And we expected Nas to like take the throne at one t- at one point. Cass was saying Fab had the opportunity to take the crown, mm-hmm. and it was a, it, it was and it was a spark, and it never happened. It's extremely hard to be considered the best in the game, and so when you have Big and Jay. I mean, Big and Pac still alive? Jesus. Just imagine those three alive. Yeah, that would have yeah. been crazy. Yeah. The woulda, coulda, shoulda uh, of hip-hop. But it was just an interesting, interesting conversation I wanted to get you guys' opinions on. I uh, It's always some crazy shit that goes down in the barbershop, Baylor, as I'm sure you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, J- that, that Jay-Z, Pac, that Jay-Z, Pac, and uh, Big is just like LeBron, MJ, and Kobe. Which I stirs up got, a lot of emotions. I, I got I got Kobe and MJ above LeBron, by the way. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> <I was> doing. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's move on. So last week we talked about uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the little pilot thing that came out that never really anything ever came from. Two days later, it was announced that Will Smith is working on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air spinoff again. I'm telling you, somebody in Hollywood is listening to us when we when we record these podcasts. I'm telling you, it's always something that happens almost every episode now. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think about a reboot or a spinoff for Fresh Prince of Bel Air officially backed by Will Smith this time? No. Oh, okay. There's, there's no Uncle Phil, so we cannot do this. Dang. 
he to me he he was such a cornerstone of that show like yeah, yeah. we can't because he was a father he was a father figure mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. well i mean what but i guess yeah. the younger and what about the dude who played uh the butler How, is he still jeffrey there? yeah I, mean, I don't know right and then which aunt viv are we gonna have the dark skin now that's the discussion right <laughs> that's the whole show. both of them both of them. That would be dope. Yeah. You know, inclusion and everything. But <laughs> we're in, we're enlightened now in 2019. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, and then what happened to Tatiana Ali? She's relatively young still. Yeah. Is she? How old is she? She she already. She's probably like 41 oh, okay. or 40, which is not. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, and that's the thing. It says spinoff. So, like, what is it? Like how many of the old characters are popping up? Is Will Smith gonna be playing the Uncle Roll in this one? Like, there's a there's a lot of different things. That mm-hmm. Exactly. That might be interesting. But you bringing on a whole new cast at that point, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of have to though. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where it will go. I I hate I hate all these reboots and spinoff of old stuff. Like, it, like some of it's hit or miss. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's just I don't know. Like, let's just make something original. Like, how about you do something that's inspired by Fresh Prince of Bel Air? But it's a completely different story. I agree. That's how I feel about it, honestly. Have you guys been seeing uh, this 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 casting for the uh, Last Dragon remake? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't didn't. I chimed in on it. I uh, I re I retweeted it. Yeah. Okay, that's where I saw that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't front though. Th- those choices aren't bad. Oh, I had the hugest crush on Vanity. Vanity is probably number one on my list. I oh, wanted to bro, be her when I grew up. She's top five, dead or, dead or alive. Oh my god! Like this, that she's is top five plumbing. all time. I don't give a damn what nobody talks about. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I when I was a kid, she was like my idol physically. Anyway, man, that was a beautiful woman. Woo. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. We got, I'm, uh, yeah, we're gonna go ahead. We we're gonna, gonna take time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get into our first break while I daydream about vanity. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> this is Ms. 100. And this is Lady T. And we are the, the Hood, Hood Geniuses, Geniuses Podcast. Podcast. Every Monday, we are releasing an episode, so make sure y'all stay tuned. And you can follow us on Twitter at Hood Geniuses Pod, on Facebook, Hood Geniuses Podcast, and on IG, Hood Geniuses Pod. And make sure y'all subscribe to our YouTube page so y'all can see us live and in the flesh. Yeah, and uh, we don't need Lady T to knock and buck for y'all to start <laughs> listening to us. You know what I'm saying? So don't make Lady T knock and buck. Hey, listen, I mean, eventually, you know what I'm saying, Lady T is getting up in age, so it may be, I may be in my wheelchair on my cane, I don't know. But I will get to you. <laughs> yeah, so make sure y'all do that. Hit that subscribe button, follow, and y'all can email us at hoodgeniuses pod at gmail.com thank you all right so we're gonna get into our tv recap portion of the show this week we got wu-tang we got power what do you guys want to talk about first they killed my baby thank god i was they so happy my baby. she shot <laughs> her right in the motherfucking head when i say i was so ha- I, I did the tiger woods fist pump when it happened i just i i was so happy when that happened but can i Tom- just say that you spoiled it for me when you so so for everybody listening <laughs> Hayes just sent us a group text that said yes with like three exclamation points. And I guess now we know each other so well that I knew exactly what you were talking about. And I was like, Dana killed Leticia. And that was how I knew because I hadn't watched it yet. So, I mean, this had to happen. This had to happen. It did. But I will say the fucked up part, and maybe this is like the mom, the yum in me, whatever, 
But why did they make us get to know Cash? Like, we didn't know shit about Cash, really, other than his name and seeing him in glimpses. And then we really got to know him and his little struggle. And then they kill her. Like, and now I'm like, damn, Cash is going to have no parents now. I have a like, theory behind that. What's your theory? So if you, if you, <laughs> if you notice, they've, they've slowly aged Cash up over, the, like, the last two seasons. He's basically almost the same age as Tariq at this point, right? Yeah. So at, oh, the, at the end of this series, him and Tariq, two orphans. Bam, there you go. But what about Tommy? Is Tommy going to raise oh, Cash? No, I mean, Tommy's going to be dead in a couple of episodes. Isn't there just one more? Well, oh, no, there's not just one more left, but it's There's one, one more, more left this year, yeah, and then it goes for a break, and it comes back at the end of January. Yeah, and we so can't do this, guys. Somebody major has to die in this episode going into, you know it has to end on the cliffhanger. Who do you think's dying? <laughs> it has to be somebody fairly. Is it gonna be Dre? Would that be the good cliffhanger? That's probably it. But I'm yeah, not surprised at that. He one. serves no purpose now. Yeah. Dre's just. I think what gonna... about Sax? Why did they let oh, him? Sax go? gotta go. Oh yeah, Sax gotta go. Um, Tate has to go at this point now. You know Tate yeah. has to go. Uh, Agreed. There's there's yeah. a few. Yeah, I mean everybody eventually Nasty has Tate. to go. And his thirsty assistant, or whatever that bitch is, oh, yeah. she should go to. So, and I know we haven't, we kind of just talked around it. So, Keisha killed, um, no, Tasha, Tasha killed Keisha. I always forget their names. Um, so, once, so Tommy obviously, I think, is going to think that it's ghost. I think that's clear. Is he going to kill her, though, when he finds out that Tasha killed? He got to. With them tears, I felt it. Okay. He has to. And is that the final straw between him and Ghost? Well, or they're even. Now it's like an eye for an eye. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. But I think I think uh before he even finds out who it is, I think he's gonna put it all pin it all on um probably pin it on Ghost. Yeah, yeah. I kinda of think so too. Yeah. Did you guys enjoy this episode overall though? It was the most exciting one this season, I feel. Once she signed those papers, I knew it was over for her, one way or another. Whether For a second, I thought Tommy may be the one to do it, but um, that was really what this whole storyline was based off. Sax finally got fired, so he's going to die because now he's not law enforcement. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of people to die, I think, this week. But, I, but the reason why I feel bad for her is because she actually they actually got away from they got away from the city. Um, and she just knew that a new life was coming. Well, at least she, she the only one that felt that way. We already knew what was going on. So I kind of feel bad. I know I said one of them had to go, but I really wanted Tasha. <laughs> so. Did you guys watch Sopranos? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a similar storyline right now. I, once you start talking to the feds, you, yeah. you gotta go. There's no... Yeah, I don't see how we didn't see that coming either. As far as you know, especially when the when the kids are involved. Well, I've seen this coming because I mean, think about it. Even the mother, uh, Tommy's mother, Kate, I think is her name, forewarned mm -hmm. Tommy. Like she's a good mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. She cares about her. Her so her son's always gonna come first. Like when you're in this life, you can't deal with people who have something to lose. Mm -hmm. But you want to, you want to know what's crazy though is that both Ghost and Tommy and Tasha and Keisha, they're the total opposite when you compare the two. Ghost yeah. was trying to get out of the game. Tasha was trying to drag him back in. Uh, Keisha was trying to get get away. Tommy wants to stay in there. Yeah, I know. What? 
I mean, that's it. I, I, I it's I love what they're doing with this last season. It, it's like it, it, the wheels were spinning for a while, and I feel like we're really gonna have like it's gonna be balls to the wall from here on out. Yeah, we're taking a break uh, for for a couple of months, but once it comes back in January, I expect all those last six episodes to be like an adrenaline rush. Yeah, I expect that first one that comes back gonna be a hit. It has to be. It has to be. All right. Well, that's it on power. Let's get into Wu Tang and American Saga. We're almost done with the season, I believe. What we got like two episodes left, I think. It's ten total, right? Yeah, ten total. So this was episode yeah. episode nine Eight. releases tonight, right? Oh yeah, nine, yeah. nine. Yeah, you're so, right, you're right, yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, where do you guys think where we are now? Uh, the last episode was titled Labels. Uh, it was episode eight, I believe. What do you guys think about Wu Tang's American Saga up to this point and where we are in the story? Oh wait, are we on eight or nine? Eight. Eight. I haven't seen nine yet. Yeah, nine just nine just came out. Today. I'm about to watch it now. Yeah, you know we. I'm gonna watch it after we record. Oh, because I watched it already. Damn you, Baylor! What the you hell? You know what, Baylor? You I thought I was. I thought I was. I thought I was matching y'all. Shit. <laughs> Well, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna spoil anything. I'm just gonna say this is probably the first show I swear to God of all the shows that I've watched, and I was too young to realize what was going on. But this is probably the first show where I was like, "Yo, this is flawless." I wish I didn't know anything about Wu Tang because it's like you're expecting certain things to pop up that you've already known about. So I wish I didn't know them niggas at all. Yeah, because this is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say episode eight labels. <laughs> um, it finally came together. Um, you know, before I was saying like, and it kind of made sense why RZA took this painstaking, you know, attention to detail and really like telling the story um, because you really saw it come together in labels. And I think it was such a great um, message of like, sometimes when sometimes a door doesn't open so that a bigger door opens for you, right? Like mm -hmm. you would think that him getting dropped from the label would be like the end of the world. But at the end of the day, the label wasn't going to support him putting his niggas on. And then he went and, you know, really, that was the fuel, I think, that really got him to um, to really form the woo. So, yeah, I thought it was it was really you felt his pain. You felt his disappointment. You felt the, the angst. Um, I thought it was dope. So I think it's finally starting to pick up and move and probably now just in time for us to have like one more episode left. And then we're going to have to be waiting until whenever. I, so. Uh, spoiler alert, kind of. I snuck and looked... Well, this isn't sneaking, right? Because everyone's Instagram is public. But I looked at the dude who plays Ghostface, who, by the way, I think he's doing an amazing job. Mm -hmm. um, and I looked at his Instagram last, last Woo Wednesday, and he had, like, in his stories like a sneak peek from the set of season two. So we definitely, I mean, in okay. case we were wondering, we're going to get a season two. Guess who's like, going to his, guess who's going to his page. I know. <laughs> I think his name's Sadiq Sanderson or something like that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn, so they're filming it already? That, that That's good. That just shows they probably rushed it into production. So good. I'm glad we're getting another season. This, this show can easily go three, four seasons easily without trying to stretch it out too much. Hell yeah. Exactly. But all right, uh, anything left on an American soccer before we move into music? It's definitely moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm excited for these last two episodes. Um, but we're going to go ahead and review two albums. The one that we were supposed to review last week, and I forgot to put it on the list. But this is a Baylor the Great special. 
Haley Small, Summer Nights. Mary, did you get a chance to listen to this part? I did. Okay. Um, I didn't get through all of it because these days it's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but I mean, I dug it. It wasn't. It's. It wasn't uh earth shattering for me, but it was definitely like some some vibes. I mean, I feel like we're getting an influx of these kind of vibes now. But mm-hmm. I'm here for it. But I definitely feel like now there's a lot. Like before, we were like, where's all the, you know, R&B ish kind of chill stuff? And now it's like, okay, we got a lot of it. So. Yeah, it's just, you know, and this may be just a, a me thing. Um, to get really solid R&B music like this at the end of the summer, like when it's getting cold, is a little weird for me. But it's perfect for cuddle season. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Well, there you go, Baylor. This this was something you wanted to make sure we talked about, man. So I know you got a lot to say about it. I thought it was real good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, my favorite track on there is Champagne. And uh, I probably listen to that track um, a lot high, and it sounds even better. Uh, and she, just has, she got a phenomenal voice. Hmm. That's basically what it is. Like, I've listened to her old music, uh, and I got a couple of her old tracks, and that woman can really sing. And, I mean, I want her to get all the blessings coming her way, but I still want her to stay where she's at because it seems like she makes great music. Where, Like, in the situation she's in now, if she gets even bigger than this, you might not get the same quality music. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anything left on this one before we move into Wale? Nope. No. All right. <laughs> so while I drop, wow, that's crazy. I got some hot takes about this album, but I'm going to let you guys take it away first. Who wants to go over this one first? I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I mean, I again, it, it was not, it wasn't out of the norm for Wale to me. I feel like a lot of the reviews I'm seeing, people are like, wow. like, And I'm like, well, this kind of seemed like, all of Wale's other projects. There's like R&B collabs that, you know, like the Jeremiah one is, you know, obviously a vibe. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I mean, it's catchy as all hell. I haven't been able to get it out of my head. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of needed, I feel. No, I, I, I can't I, with your face. <laughs> this, is what I, this is what I'll say about this album. Um, it really felt like to me, like, it was a bunch. Uh, it didn't feel like a Wale album. It felt like Wale featured on everybody else's song. Not that that okay. not that that takes away. Like the album's cohesive as hell. I think that the album is a solid listen all the way through. But because of it, didn't feel like it was Wale songs. It felt like like Wale pulled a bunch of features that he did. It was like, oh, you're not gonna use that for your album. All right, I'll, I'll pull it in on this project. That's what it felt like to me. And because of that, it was a little off putting at first. But it's it's a relationship album from Wale. That's what it is. It's a relationship album from Wale. But the the songs on it, it's definitely a vibe. Um, it's definitely something that I can sit back and listen to and enjoy. It just it felt a little weird for me. But maybe that'll go away upon more listens. Bailey, I can tell by your face it looks like you don't agree with me. What do you think? No, I thought that project was some bullshit. I thought <laughs> um I thought I thought he um it's it's it sound it sounded like it sounded like he went into the the studio and was like, you know what? They gonna like this and they gonna like that. Let me get that because I think they gonna like that. Put shit out that you like mm-hmm. because we listen to you because of of what you create. Not I don't care what everybody else. Does. Like y'all said, y'all both said it's a vibe. That's what everybody running with now. I don't need a vibe from everybody. I need some shit that come from you. Mm-hmm. 
It was it sounded like it sounded like he picked every part, every track, and was like, you know what? They gonna like this. They gonna like who the fuck is they? Yeah. Put some shit out for your fans, man. That's it. That's why I listen to Haley Smalls. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you feel like you kind of feel like Wale sold out with this album? Yeah, he's he's expressed before that he got you know KD ears, and for people that don't know. You know, KD has, you know, had fake Twitter accounts and shit like that. And he listens to what the fans say. And so he feels like he doesn't get the respect, which he said before, from maybe his peers and his fans. But if you put out music that you create from your heart, that's why we respect RZA so much. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Put out shit that you feel is dope. Ain't nobody else in this world putting Kung Fu shit in their music. That shit is dope, though. Because <laughs> you got to do it the right way. But that's you. So when you put out stuff that other people want to listen to, come on, man. It's like you chasing something. Agreed. Damn. I listen to it. Every track was made for radio. I definitely felt that way. So, yeah. And it just felt safe. It was like, you know, everything's like a vibe. So I guess you're right. Yeah, I feel you. I, I just want Wale to rap. Like, that's all I want. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Attention deficit is still one of the, the best things he's ever done. And I don't feel like we've ever gotten that again. Like, that Wale was just there, and we never got quite that Wale again. And I get it. All artists are supposed to grow and evolve and change. But I, I, I just saw Wale's career going a different way, especially when he first signed with, with Maybach Music. I was like, this, this, is what, this is what he needed. And his career went completely the other way than I thought it was going to be. Now, we still have gotten great music from Wale. He's still a great artist. But I don't know, man. I'm st- I need that one classic Wale album. And I don't know if we're ever going to get it. Well, I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm not tripping. I'm not tripping because it's a gang of other artists that I'm waiting to come out. So, <laughs> does, any, does, does anyone trip off Wale anymore? Like we've talked about before. A s- artist saying no one's checking for them, but do you think people really check for Wale anymore? Or is it just he has his core audience? Shit, he's he's popular enough. He keeps himself relevant. It's just that it's not he's not going to that next like that next level of stardom. I guess mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's just another level he got to get. Like he's Paul George right now. Ooh, okay, I can feel that. I, I feel like he's he's gaining a lot of traction in New York. I mean, okay. he's kind of, he's on the radio every hour now. So oh, well. I think he's definitely becoming mainstream. I mean, with an album like this, it makes sense, to be honest. Right. Like, I feel I, like yeah. that. this was strategic. It was okay. strategic, this album. I think so. All right. Well, there you guys go. That's our feelings on the two albums this week. We're going to get into our last break, and when we come back, we got two more topics to leave you guys with. We'll be right back after this. Welcome to Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. It's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Go, go, Power Ranger. Yeah, this is the Black Ranger. It's me, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. It's Ash Ketchum in his bed. <laughs> I am the Eric J. Only known as. The Eric J. And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real-life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door. You know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. And it's your boy, K. Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. The gentleman. Also known as K. Diddy. Take that, take that. But better known as the people's Jabroni. <laughs> and that's us. I mean, we four friends coming together every week to talk about the biggest stories in sports with our own flair to it. Let me tell you, you ain't never heard a sports podcast that's entertaining before. Damn straight. So check us out every Wednesday. Get at us.
all right so uh we had baylor baylor's topic earlier mary retweeted something that had to go on the list and it was about artists uh having twitter accounts from the 90s that when twitter didn't exist so the question is what rapper or artist would have had the best Twitter account? Rapper or artist from the 90s would have had the best Twitter account. Mary, I'll let you start this one off. So are we excluding Tupac? Because I feel like he would he's the winner. Oh, like, yeah, he's he would be the most winner. entertaining. Yeah. And um, I feel like yeah. between Big and Pac, Big would have been the one who who is kind of like Jay is. Like he pops up on Twitter, tweets his one one or two tweets for the year, and then we don't see him again. Yeah. For real. I feel like Big. <laughs> I feel like Big is that dude that are like randomly leave an emoji under somebody's, <laughs> you know, post, and then that shit just go viral because he don't post that much. But you know he's full of jokes though. Yeah. And then Pac is going, you know, you know Pac is is going to be all kind of educational shit and rebellious and you know. Yeah. Oh, Pac. So, so, Pac right now with, with Trump being president. I'm sorry, man. We're stepping all over it. Go ahead. I, I'll no, go ahead. I was going to say, well, the rules, right? Does it have to be someone who's no longer living? No. Or that's just that's what I had thought originally. In their heyday. In their right. heyday. I, I, in my mind, I, 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 the question went, like, in their heyday, in, in their prime, if Twitter would have been around in their prime. Okay, oh, cool. Exactly. I got a call. I got a few. Okay. Okay. So first, DMX. I feel like he would start uh, all kind of barking emojis. prayers. Yeah. Right. And he'd be like, let us pray. And then it would... <laughs> Um, <laughs> second, and I would be following him. LL. Ooh, oh, you stole that. You yeah. stole that from me. From your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, we'd be following for different reasons. I would just want to be seeing the, you know, licking emoji, the, the, the licking posts, and and uh, I don't know him with his Calvin Kleins or whatever that little campaign he was on. And he'd always be in his draws. Um, damn, I'm trying to think. Kim, little Kim. Ooh. Although she's not so entertaining on, you know what? Maybe Foxy would have been probably in her day the social media. Like, I feel like she would have been more like a Nicki Minaj ish type of social media presence. Yeah, with a stronger backbone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Crisscross. Okay. 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 I think they would have been very entertaining on Twitter. Crisscross for sure. Uh, Big Pun. I think Big Pun would have been pissing everybody off on Twitter, messing with them. Yeah. Uh, Laughing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's probably it. For some reason, I keep thinking of the brat, um, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. The brat? Yeah, I can see that. Okay. I got my three picks are going to blow y'all away. I'm surprised none of y'all picked these. First, First one. KRS One. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I mean he he would have been going off on people. Um, yeah, to the highest degree. Um, I really I I really think well KRS One would have he would have had like bars like he would have been it would have just been bars on people under everybody's post like that's trash and then he would have had bars like this is the nineties. Yeah, no. Because if this yeah because if this is the eighties if if Twitter was in the eighties the bridge is over. Oh my God! Right. Oh my Lord! The tweets that would have been going back and forth—it would have broke the internet. All right, my next pick, Easy Motherfucking E. I had that one too. <laughs> wow. I don't know what he gonna talk about though. Uh, who knows? But Easy E would have definitely like. Come on now, he had some of the most entertaining interviews ever. Yes. And he always had something to say. He always had an opinion about everything. 
So and he's, he would have been tweeting LAPD. Exactly. <laughs> so definitely. Like, could you imagine Easy E tweeting when he was in the White House? Oh man. <laughs> he yeah, would have been, been posting all types of pictures that he's not supposed. They would have been like, "Sir, give us your phone." Um, and then my last one, Left Eye. Yo, she wow. would have went live. Oh my god. <laughs> could you imagine How could her going? We not think of that, Baylor. <laughs> going live on Periscope when she when she set the house on fire. Come on. Yo, yes, and running and seeing that shit in the background. <laughs> Yo, come on, man. Come on. Andre riding somewhere. Mad. But see, prime example, people are not gangster anymore. Like, <laughs> the shit, the beefs back in the day were real. Like, the yeah. crazy shit people used to do was, now it's like everyone just poses like they do things, but they don't. Yo, having Twitter in the 90s in general, like, like the, the beef between MC8 and DJ Quick... Mm-hmm. Oh my God! On Twitter, I would have just, "Where's my popcorn?" This shit is right. good. But at the same time, though, um, that shit was real. <laughs> so, you know, Twitter fingers can turn into gunshots. You know. That would have been yeah. turned into gunshots back then. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah, I don't know. If we should put Twitter in the nineties. Yo, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Yo. Yo, how how many cats would have been? Nah, we can't do that. All right. So our last topic for this week is this is one we left off on last week. Baylor came up with with the great mind of Baylor. Uh, what is the best experience you've had going to buy an album? So, you know, what's crazy. I really and I've thought about this. I mean, I have lots of like moments of anticipation and excitement, but nothing really crazy ever happened to me buying <laughs> albums. I got to say, OK, I don't really have a story. Oh, that's isn't that wack? That's surprising. That's crazy. <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, it would be like stand on the line. <laughs> like, no joke. I'd buy all my albums for the most part at the actual record store in the Woo series on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Literally, mm-hmm. that's the spat where everybody in Staten Island would go. And it was like maybe a fight would break out or something around, but nothing crazy happened. So I don't know. I can't really contribute to this. Oh. Well, I got a good one. Bailey, you want to yes, go? Yes, go, please. <laughs> <laughs> so mine is when uh, Dr. Dre, Chronic 2001 came out. I was living in Germany, and on base, they only sold the non, the non-explicit, the censored version of the album. I, I, I couldn't do that shit. I couldn't do that. So me and my friends, it was five of us that needed this album when it came out. We got on the, the, um, the train system. I forgot what it's called. They have a different word for it and went from Mannheim to Heidelberg Germany which is like an hour train ride right didn't tell my parents where I was going I just took an hour train ride to go get this album when I got this album uh it was we had to buy it off base so we went to like the German supermarket or whatever and got it language barriers out the fucking wazoo got the album came back home like I said I was gone for like three hours total when we came back home my dad was sitting there waiting like where the fuck have you been I said well I wanted to go buy the Dr. Dre album took the album from me it was another two weeks before I got to hear it because he took the shit. Uh, that hurt. <laughs> so I was so pissed off. I was so mad. I just wanted to listen to the album. Man, yeah. That's that's the craziest story I could have come up with. Other than that, I rode my bike in St. Louis to go to the mall to pick up Death is Certain, Royce the 5'9". Don't ask me why that album of all ones. I've always been a Royce fan, but... There you go. I rode my bike like 15 miles to go get that album. You gotta have a bike story. <laughs> All right, Bailey. You the one who presented this, man, so I expect you to have a wild story. Okay, so mm-hmm. besides the besides the DMX one, uh, and besides catching the bus to go get a Maya CD, um, 
I had a I had a summer job in high school, and you know it wasn't it wasn't much money, but I spent my whole entire check, food and food included. Moms took me to one of the uh, to the malls that we have out here, and I had got Knockout Kings, the video game, and uh, Damu Riders. So I never game back in my life. I'm not a gangster. Don't claim to be one. But I listen to gangster rap. Damu Riders is the um, it's like this. Oh, I, I don't want to disrespect it in any way, but the, it's real life gangsters rapping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And there's one flag, and I listened to that whole CD and played Knockout Kings all weekend and ate a lot of junk food. But I spent my whole check Sounds on like those. Yeah, I spent mm-hmm. my whole check on those two things. My mom, she frowned at me like, "You spending all your money on these two CDs?" I was like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yes. And I really only like like two tracks on there, but it was like at the time that was that was what we did. We went to go get CDs, whatever was new, and we was interested in. That's what we went to go see. I mean, that's what we went to go get. Yeah, that was probably about eighteen dollars, and then the video game was somewhere around fifty. So, yeah, Jeez. So it's about seventy dollars on <laughs> seventy dollars on something that's not with me right now. <laughs> they need to bring back. You remember the uh, the video game? What was it? Def Jam Vendetta. That was dope. Yeah, they need to bring that shit back. Uh, but that's it. That's it for this week. Anybody got anything left? Watch they bring that shit back for the holidays. Man. <laughs> we need to start editing this shit out. <laughs> we give them the game away for free. <laughs> all right anything left mary if not go ahead and tell them where they can follow you um well i do have one thing i want to say some weird shit is going on <laughs> because i don't know if you guys saw this because i just realized i'm the only one from new york but basically the nypd was able to shut down like the hottest new york artist from performing at rolling loud last week oh casanova and, well casanova pop smoke oh, yeah. uh a few it was like five of them and i don't know i just feel like that's odd like i'm like since when did we start doing this the the actual letter that the nypd sent the producers of rolling loud you know was circulating on social media and it literally was like these five individuals pose an extreme threat of violence and name them by their artist name and their real names and some of them really were blocked as a result of it pop smoke definitely being one of them so i just felt like it was worth the mention because i'm like i feel like that's a little extreme like they didn't do anything wrong yet (laughs) (laughs) like what is this minority report like people are being arrested or based off of pre-crime like if i was them i'd be like um that's money you know what i mean like that's how they eat. That's how they don't resort to violence to earn money. So why are they doing that anyway? Unless they feel like, unless they feel like um, the venue that that is going to be at, if it causes any type of um, property damage or something like that. I know we have like the gang junction out here to where when certain artists come out here. Um, it's not good for the fans because they have like a long line of police officers waiting outside to see who's on uh, probation, et cetera, et cetera, because you're not supposed to be around other felons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when they used to have like Jeezy 
was the number one cat that came out here and, and, and he would bring all kind of hood cats out. And, and they didn't cancel in, not to my knowledge, they didn't cancel any of his shows, but they did beef up security. Right. And so that would be understandable to me. But actually canceling them, it was, I don't know. I felt like I've never seen that before. So I don't know what's happening. They already infiltrated the culture. So now they're trying to take it over and dictate it. Yep. Uh -uh. Well, be safe in these streets, everyone, and try not to. Try not to raise antenna because you will be canceled. There you go. <laughs> anyway, you can find me at Miss Mary Almonte everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they get me too. Oh, look. They're going to they're gonna send a cease and desist. Uh, Mary Almonte is not allowed on the Burks radio. We feel like her presence may cause a riot. Um, <laughs> and then I'll be like, I'm not fucking leaving. No, <laughs> oh, man. Baylor. <laughs> At Baylor the Great on all social media platforms. And you can also find me at www.cantrusttashawithagun.com. <laughs> oh, man. And I am CEO Hayes. You can follow me at CEO H A I Z E. Shoot that bitch. Shoot that bitch. <laughs> we are the, <laughs> we are the best music <laughs> podcast around. We're out. See you guys next week. Peace. We've been on a tragedy for months. Why can't you agree with me for once? Maybe we can be on chill tonight. Maybe I can give you chills too. We've been on a tragedy for months. Why can't you agree with me for once? Yeah. Maybe we can be on chill tonight. Maybe I can give you chills. I'm getting mine like fine wine measured in time. Many other brothers love you, but this pleasure is mine. It's no pressure for us to say that I love you from now. So fuck that coffee shit, I just want us to be comfortable now. For real, who you loving? Who you want to pull up with? Who don't care who you